But as we begin our time in the Word, I want to invite each of you to stand with me as we share from God's Holy Word, the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why? Has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of God. Please be seated. Again, I want to welcome you. Welcome to worship. Just take a quick second. Turn to someone and say, welcome to worship. Welcome to worship. I thank you, each of you, for being here with us today, uh, presently, so that we can worship in person. And for those of you who are online, welcome, 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 as you're uh, participating in worship from your space at home or where you find yourself. I want to say a special hello, happy Sabbath to a good friend, Marilyn Beach. Marilyn and I met each other this week at the, the uh, dinner with the classics. She walked in. She looked at me, she said, I don't recognize you because you're wearing a tie. <laughs> Sharp as ever. The first time I ever met her, she said to me, um, you may never see me, but I am always watching. And Marilyn watches faithfully every single Sabbath. Can we all say hi, Marilyn? One, two, three. Marilyn, I hope you're watching along. Hi and happy Sabbath, happy holidays. And to everyone else who watches along with us online. Here we are at the, at, at the Honest Advent, and this beautiful series brings us back into focus, the incarnation of the living God on earth. Scott Erickson's Honest Advent Project, his writings and his art is preoccupied with where is this God with us in the midst of today? Is this God among us? Is there a movement? Does he, through the writings and the art that Scott Erickson point out, still breathe life into the community today? So I want us here for a moment, if you would. Let's join together for a few seconds and enjoy one of his pieces. We'll remove the words for you. I want you to just take a moment of meditation. Enjoy this painting and ask yourself, where in the incarnation of God is God today?
Miroslav Volf, a Croatian theologian, in putting out some great works, writes this in one of those beautiful pieces. After our likeness, the church as the image of the Trinity. He writes, because the Christian God is not a lonely God, but rather a communion of three persons, faith leads human beings into a divine communion. One cannot, however, have a self-enclosed communion with the triune God, a foursome, as it were. For the Christian God is not a private deity. In other words, I think what Miroslav is, is, is saying here is that we cannot just have a relationship with God, a, a faith that brings us into communion with God without simultaneously having a, a, a connection or a communion with others. The faith that drives us into a relationship with the God of the universe should also press us into relationship with each other. Amen? Amen. Here it is. The movement of faith, whereby which one begins to grow in their love for God and in so doing begins to grow in a love for each other, for the other, for those that are beginning to be encompassed into the community. Have you ever experienced this? this kind of connection with others, even if it's an odd fit. I don't know if you've ever been in a, uh, in a situation or if you've ever experienced anything where um, initially the pair is an odd pairing. You're like, I don't know if that works. And then, and then you experience it and you're blown away by just how much that, that pairing or that grouping works so well outside of your own privy, right? You didn't think this could happen. Here's a picture from... Uh, I think a week ago. It's a picture of last year. And over. Look at this weird grouping of human beings here. You've got Santa Claus, Snoopy, the last year University Eagle, the Grinch, Mary and Jesus, and I think Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> no, that's Joseph. That's Joseph. Interesting, right? What a weird, weird, weird grouping of human beings in one little chair, in a little, little cart. You know, they're riding around. Uh, uh, and maybe uh, at first we think, ah, oh, that's weird and, and maybe even sacrilegious. But in actuality, these are all human beings that wanted to create joy and happiness that evening for people. Well, what about foods that are a weird pairing? Have you ever had foods that just seem like initially they shouldn't go together? How about, has anyone ever tried hot sauce and ice cream? Anybody? Yeah? No? Listen, when you leave here, I want you to try this. I want you to go buy some hot sauce and get some ice cream, put it together, and I want you to tell me how it goes, because I'm not going to try that. <laughs> Here's one I have tried. Ketchup and ranch. Oh, so good. Say Amen. Anyone who's eaten at Red Robin pre the campfire sauce knows this matchup. So good, so good. How about sriracha and peanut butter? I'm not making this up. There are people in the world who've tried this and who tell us it's really good. So if, if these are either things that you love, go try it and tell us about it. 
or uh, watermelon and feta cheese? Yes? You've had this. I got a witness in the back. Go try this. Go get some feta. Get a watermelon. Try it out. If you don't like it, it's okay. They like it back here. Odd pairings. Odd groupings that initially doesn't seem to fit or connect well. And yet, somehow, when combined together, their unique stories and makeup and, and, and ingredients create a narrative much larger than their own. Something more flavorful and beautiful and wonderful. Something that causes delight for all those who are around. So tonight, today, this morning, I want to look at and compare the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah's amazing nativity story in contrast to Mary's nativity story. Initially, their life story and experiences seem so different, but it's what God revealed to Elizabeth in her own life experience that facilitated Elizabeth's ability to soothe and empower Mary so that together the narrative is much larger than just theirs alone. Here we find ourselves, verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is Elizabeth's response to Mary showing up at her door. This is what uh, Elizabeth begins to share with Mary. She begins to pour into Mary's life. Imagine Mary on the road, on her way to Elizabeth. What shall I say to Elizabeth? How do I explain my situation? Will she believe my story? I don't know, but this is one place that I can find possible haven. And when she gets there and she greets Elizabeth, Elizabeth begins to pour life into Mary. Elizabeth pours that life into Mary because God had poured life into Elizabeth. And because of Elizabeth's revealing in her own body and her own experience and her journey, she can then turn around and use that to pour life into Mary. Let's compare and contrast. Gabriel visits both families. Gabriel says to both, do not be afraid. But then we begin to see the contrast. Elizabeth was married to Zechariah of the priestly order. Elizabeth and Zechariah were of the priestly order. Mary was not yet wed, making her more or less single mom. Now, that's not exactly correct. It's not exactly right. Um, in, in, the, in the Hebrew, in the Jewish culture, it's called Kedushin. Everybody say Kedushin. Kedushin is the first part of marriage, but it is indeed marriage. It's when, when you have a, a ceremony and the groom and the bride are married, but they don't yet live together. So at this point, they are married, but given time for the male to maybe go home and build on to the house so that there's room for the, the wife to come in. But they are indeed married. They just, at this point, have not yet consummated their marriage. So, so Mary is, is in this place where she is in a marriage, and yet... Her, her womb is filled not with her husband's child, but with the child of the Holy Spirit. So she's not 
You can imagine, as we talked about last week, the tension between Joseph and her. Mary is indeed alone. Elizabeth was too old. That's what Zachariah said to Gabriel. He said, she's of age. She's, she's, oh, she's of age. That's way, husband's nice ways of saying she's old. We don't call our wives old. We, you know, she's of age. Mary was too young. Elizabeth was an experienced wife of many years. Mary was a virgin. Elizabeth and Zechariah is established. They have a home. They have space. They have things. They, they are well established in their community. And Mary is just slightly transient. Here in their place with no real sense of stability. Elizabeth being pregnant was seen as disgrace leaving her house. She'd been waiting. She was barren. And, and to her community, she was a disgrace. She, there was no, you know, it's just there's no way to go about it. She was not ever going to have child. And so disgrace leaves her presence when she's found to be pregnant. And Mary, because she was pregnant and not of Joseph, has now adopted disgrace. Two stories. You couldn't, you couldn't be more different but when Elizabeth sees Mary, Elizabeth could have shunned her off as unrighteous, as beneath her, as lost, as transient. Yet when Elizabeth sees Mary in verse 45, she proclaims, blessed is she who believes that there would be a fulfillment of what is spoken about her by the Lord. Now, she says this in, in her voice, not just because it was true for Mary, but because it was true for Elizabeth. Elizabeth speaks this truth into Mary's life because, experience, because Elizabeth experienced this truth in her life. And so because she had experienced it herself, she can now proclaim it to the other. Verse 24, earlier on, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and the five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. So Elizabeth has just had this overwhelming, beautiful experience happen to her. And when she sees this transient, moving Mary, this young Mary, this Mary who is unsure of exactly how everything is working in her body, but it is, she begins to speak life to Mary. The Christ incarnation takes place today whenever our church community comes into a shared space with our diverse stories in life and breathe Christ into each other. It is when our stories, as diverse as they are, begin to speak and breathe life into each other. It is when we are able to see what Jesus is doing in the other while we are together that we can say, yes, even amidst this moment, I see that God has plans for you. Inumo Oko is a Nigerian-American author. And in her book, Silence and Other Surprising Invitations of Advent, she writes this. The gift of a believing community can make all the difference 
in the form of our challenging waiting seasons take. By intentionally seeking out the one another, Mary and Elizabeth journey together and support each other. They affirm God's miracle-working power in each of their lives. Their presence before each other serves as a daily reminder of God's faithfulness and a visual assurance of God's promise. God created us to flourish in our interconnectedness and mutual support of one another. Sharing our stories adds perspective that can bolster our faith when life overwhelms, frightens, or takes us by surprise. The gem, I believe, Enuma leaves us here is that God's impeccable ability to curate a deep, valuable community out of the most unseeming people. And when God does that, something changes in me and something changes in you. And this odd pairing or this odd grouping begins to do life-giving things. I want us to be a community that bears and speaks life into each other in our diversities. I want us to be able to speak from our story, life into the stories around us. How can your story breathe life into those around you? Maybe someone who's struggling with mental health. Maybe those who are under the weight of abuse. Maybe it's someone here who's waiting for a job opportunity. Maybe it's those who have lost a child or a baby or a parent. Maybe it's the new mom or those families among us who are of migration or immigration. But our stories tell and breathe life when we are able to share them. What story does your living tell? What story does your giving tell? What story does our building tell? As we're going to walk through here and we begin to envision all the beautiful things that are going to happen in the lower levels. What is it telling us about us and how will it breathe life into the community? What can the stories be revealed in the communal life of our church to our neighbors, to the world? Is Christ's incarnation alive and well in our living today? Our stories should affirm, encourage, and breathe life into each other. And as it does, this is where the incarnation of the Christ is found during the Advent season. So think about your story. Did you migrate here once upon a long time? Did you grow up right here? Do you know the Knopflers or La Sierra? That's not a name after anybody. That's just the name of the area. Did you have a beautiful marriage? Is you, is, are, are you at the end of a marriage cycle? Have you lost someone you've loved dearly? Are you doing great but had an opportunity to wait in the meantime for God to answer your prayers about some opportunities or, or job or occupation? What is your story? We all have one. And can that story breathe life into those around? As we move forward, our stories must breathe life. I, um, it was my freshman year in college. I don't talk much about those dreaded dark years. <laughs> I like to talk about the successful years where things were going good. Um, it was my freshman year in college, a different college. 
One of my close friends and I, we had gone through a lot of school together, and he knew my situation. He knew that I wasn't documented, even up to that point. One day he says, hey, let's go over to my fam's house. And I said, okay, great, let's, let's do this. Like, uh, let's go. He's like, yeah, we're going to have a, you know, they'll be there. We're going to eat. We're going to hang out. All my brothers, I got a ton of brothers. I didn't know this, anything about this, um, about this human being's life, apart from our time together. So he's telling me about it. I was okay, this is good. Let's go to our family. So we go to um, his family's house. And when we get there, I didn't realize um, that he came, you know, it was a very small town. And it was me and probably one other family that was of any color at all. And so when we drove in, I was like, ha, oh, what's going on here? I've never been in this experience. I grew up in L.A. There's you know, a lot of diversity, a lot of color. And, you know, people are driving around and they got these really big trucks. And they've got, like, rifles on the back of their window. And they're playing good country music. I love country music, but this was, like, really loud country music. And I was like, where in the world am I? I've never been to this part of America before. I'm scared. And so I stuck right next to him. Wherever he went, I was there, you know. And when he'd go to a place, and I'd be like, I'm with him. That's, I got a friend here. We get to his house, and I started hanging out, and me and the fam, and the family falls in love with me. We, I mean, it was, it was good. Like, we were eating together, you know, we talk about, because his family was not very wealthy, right? So we were talking, yeah, I do that too, I'm poor. Oh, we're poor too. Oh, yeah, come on in, you're our kid. We love this boy, give him some love. By the end of the weekend, I was listening to country music, wearing a country hat, cowboy hat, hanging out. We went shooting one time. I know nothing about guns. That was a scary experience, right? They're like, we're going to go shooting. And I was like, okay, as long as you don't shoot me, it's fine. Got the friends, they all got up in their four-wheel drive. We drive up, we're up in the country, you know, and, you know, here, here's a gun. And I'm like, dude, I've never, I, I'm from the city, but I've never touched a gun before. It's not like, just grab it. Okay, I'll grab it, you know, shoot it. And they're like, you're a horrible shot. I know. Created a beautiful, beautiful connection. Boy, his grandmother loved me. Loved me. Just wanted to hug and be in my presence all the time. It was our last day. We're sitting around the living room. I came in, and they were just hanging out. You know, they were, we're going to pray before you get going. We want to make sure that you get home safely. Yeah, all right, cool. And I came, and I, I, they had this couch, and I sat down in the couch, and Grandma was there, and I was so heavy that it sunk in, so Grandma leaned over on me. So I just kind of held her. Me and Grandma were sitting on the couch together. And I don't know how it came about. All of a sudden, someone started talking about immigration. And I was like, Oh, it's immigration. And I was like, yeah, immigration. Don't like that. And my friend over here, he comes in and he says, what are you talking about? You're an immigrant. What? He's like, yeah, tell him your story. Tell him, you know, you know. he's undocumented. And then he left. <laughs> Why? Why do you put anybody in this kind of situation? We stopped being friends after that weekend. That's the same there. And Grandma's like, what? I was like. Grandma? And people, you know, there was some people, oh, we can't handle it. So they left. And there was murmur going around. And Grandma says, is this true? You're, you're, you're illegal? It's like, Grandma, that's not true. Look at my cowboy hat. She's like, she says, son, are you illegal? I said, Grandma, why you got to keep asking me? I want to love you. 
Son, are you illegal? Now you get the tension in that room. So thick. Everybody's sitting there leaning and waiting. What's he going to say? They say, yeah, Grandma, I'm, I'm illegal. And a silence, deafening fell in the room. I kept thinking to myself, I wonder where they put those guns. <laughs> right? Where's the closest exit? But I couldn't get out of the couch because we'd sunken in too deep. So I was like, oh, man, I'm stuck. Grandma looks at me. And she says, you know what? I say, yeah. She says, I'm sorry. What? She says, I'm sorry. It must have been a hard road for you. Life must be difficult. And everybody knows, like, what? Because she's the matriarch, right? Like, what? Grandma's okay with this? Should we be okay with this? She says, you know, when I was a little girl, my family immigrated here too. What? She's like, yeah, daddy had a hard time. The depression didn't make it any easier. There were people who didn't love on us and welcome us. And I, I just can't, I just can't wrap my heart around the fact that I should treat you any differently because of where you're from. Just, you know what? You and I are both citizens of the same place. We're both citizens of the kingdom of God. And I can't love you any less. And these kids of mine better not love you any less. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Punks. <laughs> but it was because of this grandmother's story where God breathed and revealed life to her, that she could then pour life into a little undocumented immigrant such as myself, who at that point in his freshman year had no idea what he was going to do, who had no job opportunities, who had a .07 as a GPA. It is because of these moments when we're willing to pour our lives and our stories into each other and speak life again that we can experience the incarnation of Jesus. May you leave here today empowered by your story to breathe life and Jesus into others.